0: what's up everybody welcome to another
1: episode well this is <laughs> this is weird this just got awkward huh
2: kind of weird i wish you would have told me you were wearing that shirt
1: i mean i shouldn't have to i think it's kind of obvious that i would look better in it anyway but i
2: mean
1: um, i mean yeah i mean really i mean mine looks like a rash guard yours looks like a blanket what's up with that how's eh, eh. about that Thanks again for tuning in, guys. If you haven't noticed, we're rocking out some of our new gears for some of our sponsors. So don't forget to support the podcast by hitting the subscribe button. Hit the little notification bell. Follow me at Sonner Marketing. Follow this guy at Gorilla Boy BJJ.
2: Mine is backwards.
1: No, that's just your video, bro. This is technology. You have your video flipped. You are just a big dumb bear, aren't you? Listen, in the meantime, while you're checking out our our sexy new rash guards you can go pick up one of your own just go to chokealoha.com use the promo code jujitsu radio checkout, and you will get yours at 20 percent discount i mean
2: i love i love their i honestly love their
1: look at that, look at that, that. Not,
2: this is like this isn't blowing smoke this isn't like
1: this is legit look at it's, that, it's stitching. that stitching you see that stitching right there
2: yeah it's, it's not kissing ass it's just i really truly love the rash guards i have this is my third Chocaloha rash card.
1: That's it? That's well, it? You no only man. three? Man, I'm at like five, bro. You get your game up. You got to step your game up. You know what's funny? Why I love this one so much? You see the little triangles right there yep. that are on there? For some reason, that just reminds me of Predator. Just like the little oh, laser the, 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 the
2: thing coming in when he's tracking the stick.
1: Yeah, that's that's yeah. why I love this thing. So you can get yours, chocaloha.com, promo code at Jitsu radio. And you know, if you haven't noticed, you can also check out Giraffe Choke. This is another one of my favorite hats. Look at that, look at that. Kia. You can get yours at draftchoke.com Use the promo code JJ Radio at checkout. You'll get 25% off orders of 20 or $99 or more. Free shipping for 25% off. I mean, can't save any more than that with everything that's going on right now. So check out draftchoke.com Promo code is JJ Radio and Last but not least, we want to take the time to thank everybody that supported the drop of our Jujitsu Soap Co. collab. The, let's see if you check this out. Look at that. Your Jujitsu Sucks mixtape volume one. We only have a handful left. The store sold out in a weekend. Like it was really crazy to see how fast all those bars went out. So thank you to everyone that picked one up this weekend. Um, there's going to be another limited amount that's going to come out that it's not going to be on their stores. It's actually going to go through us this time around. And it's going to go for the supporters of the podcast. So there's going to be more information on that soon. So make sure you're checking out jujitsuradio.com and the podcast when more information comes out. But like I said, it's going to be limited run and we're going to do something special. I think we're going to go on Patreon on it so you guys can support the podcast and get yourself one of these. This isn't actually the legit one that we're going to sell, but, Thank you again for all the support. It's good to see that you guys are actually washing our hands and that you want to think about us when you're taking a shower. So we appreciate you. Now, this guest today is an amazing individual, hilarious. Um, when Sean told me that he was interested in coming onto the podcast, I was really excited. We listened to his podcast, I Suck at jujitsu. Jitsu. Um. Definitely listen to our podcast and then go listen to his podcast. You can follow him straight out of Granite City,
0: to Josh McKinney.
2: I want to go, go change my shirt. I'll be back.
0: Okay. Please do. You can't
2: Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. And nobody can hang with myself. Keep stealing. Woo! Wheeling dealin'! Living these lights! Jet fly! Start my again! And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators up!
1: Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce to you, Mr. Black Belt, host of iSucad Jiu Jitsu
0: Podcast, Josh
1: McKinney. Josh, how are you, sir?
0: Good. How are you guys doing? Cheers. Cheers. I saw. Cheers. Weed. Yes. I got my coffee too. Yeah. Well, not coffee. Oh, okay. Liquid. What do you, what a liquid. That, so you got coffee? I got coffee. I okay. Play what, ca- how do you make it? I just put straight black coffee. What, what do you, uh, what, what kind of coffee maker oh. do you got? Oh, I have a full on espresso
1: machine, like cappuccinos and stuff. I don't play around. You're nice. talking to a professional.
0: I dig it. I dig it. Why would you, you pour got? over? No, no, I don't. Man pour over is pour o- it is as simple as it is it does take longer and you yeah. actually have to be hands on but as simple as it is it is by far my favorite coffee really? smoothest okay
1: so you go for for more smooth flavor instead of just give me the
0: energy yeah i mean i love the energy but All i right. like that smooth like sip to it. i drink it black too yeah. and so it, but like as you, if you drink your coffee black like you know yeah. you're much more picky than somebody who puts oh, cream sure. and sugar because it's just more consistent. Right. Let me ask
1: you a question. Have you ever had Jamaican blue mountain coffee?
0: I have had that. Okay. That's uh, when
1: you know, someone's legit. Cheers.
0: <laughs> my mom, she takes, she does, um, she runs a nonprofit and she, they do a lot of mission trips to Haiti. And so I guess for whatever reason, um, you know, I guess they're both islands in the Caribbean. They have that coffee and that's a really big, thing and so she'll always bring that back oh man
1: tell, tell her bring me a, a bag. <laughs> I will, it's, I will. It's, it's hard to find legit there's so many different companies from Jamaica that are Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee but man like if you have that coffee I know Shonda is all about <laughs> cool stuff now yeah he's not about that life <laughs> that's why that's why he's usually oh sleeping. I'm sorry what
2: what what <laughs> it'd that
1: wake
2: way. you
0: up if you had some coffee man
2: <laughs> by Same. the way wait, do me a favor both of you guys take out your man card from your wallet and Rip it up oh. because look, coffee sorry. is coffee. No, chock full of nuts. Eight AM coffee. Put that stuff in the in the Mister Coffee. You don't Let know. the hot water run over <laughs> it. Put some.
1: Do you like, see the back like his back it. wall? you see the back the sign on the back of his wall? What's
0: it say, Sean? <laughs> it just says coffee. But, oh like, yeah, it does say coffee. I didn't even <laughs> think of that. I, it does, yeah. Man, it's just um. It's part of the morning, you know,
1: this is, this is how deep I got into it like years ago. So you ever had mocha press, like the mocha coffee? Uh uh-uh. So you, you know, you ever seen those, like the metal, like tin cans kind of thing where it's like, yes. Okay. So that's mocha press, right? So all you have to do is put water at the bottom in the middle. It's got the actual pod for where you to put the, the coffee grounds, set it on the stove, a couple of minutes, it's ready to go. Right. I got so deep where I needed coffee or I needed the energy because I was running like three days, no sleep. Like with the, the kind of stuff that I do, I would make one batch of coffee and then instead of putting water at the bottom, I would take that coffee, put that in there and put another new set of coffee. So I was doing like, double, this is way worse than any double triple shot you'll ever have at Starbucks. So if you need oh, like yeah. legitimate rocket fuel, that's the way to go.
0: <laughs> at that point, I feel like you should just start injecting it into your bloodstream.
1: at This close, like this close. At that point in time, admit, it was really this close.
0: I will admit, like when I was in Costa
2: Rica, and and all the coffee they have is that poor, like they have that little stand, and then
0: uh-huh. it, it was very good coffee. It is very good, very good, good
2: coffee. coffee. I'm not going. I won't lie to it. However, I take my coffee broke back. You guys like seem to like it, you know. Cowboy with nothing in it. I like mine broke back. Give me a little sweetener, give me
1: a little cream. So uh, i like Do me a like favor. To- Take your main card and rip that <laughs> up and throw that out. So I was actually gonna like bust your child because I saw you had those Ray Dunn mugs. I see like uh, you got the whole stand in there.
0: I you so you got caught up in that too, huh? Dude, no, I did not get caught up in it. Allegedly. I I hate Ray Dunn. If you if you were to ask on this podcast if there was anybody in the world that you could fight without consequences, who would it be? It would be Ray Dunn. Uh, my wife, on the other hand, so she went on this mode of buying everything Ray Dunn. Like, we have coffee cups, like, uh, I cook a lot, and, like, where I put my um, – like, all my cookware is all Ray Dunn stuff. And, you know, it's all misshapen, and it's got cookware on it and all yes. this stuff. And one day, um, this is probably two months ago, we were at a store, and there's a clearance thing, and it says, like, uh, it was, like, a, a Ray Dunn uh, sugar, like, canister, mm-hmm. and it was, it was like, 10 bucks. And I was, like, hey, babe, do you, do you want that? And she dead looked me in the eye, and she said, no, uh, Ray Dunn's not in anymore. And I was, like, I I literally – I have a kitchen. I have a Ray Dunn kitchen, and you're telling me it's not in anymore. I, I mean, was man. It, it was heartbreaking. Listen, after all this, I'll get
1: the photo. I'll send. I'll send you a text of my friend's girlfriend's kitchen. Like I busted chops. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're dating a serial killer because <laughs> every single thing. Like Sean, I know. I think you and I talked about this before. Did she get into it all the way to like you had to do the go to all the home goods
0: and buy the red ones. Did she get into the red ones? She had some of those and she never took them out of the package. And then she uh, like sold them on Facebook marketplace. It actually made money off of them. That's what I did. I went and I picked them up. I'm like, these
1: people are suckers. There's a giant (laughs) Ray Dunn pillow, like eBay, eBay. Like Mm -hmm. I bought like the picture frame, like these suckers will buy it. A $15 picture frame, I flipped it for 40 bucks. That's awesome. I'm like, they get mad, dude. These people were, like, obsessed with that stuff, but. The fact
2: that you guys know who Ray Dunn is, do me a favor. Pull out your man card.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. I'm just trying to make money. If someone's paying for it. I
2: have for... no idea. I have no idea who Ray Dunn is. I have no idea. You guys. <laughs> you no, man. guys it's celebrity.
0: If it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't know either. And I wish I didn't know.
1: <laughs> it's one of those things, like, once you see it, you can't unsee it that's basically mm-hmm. like that you were you,
2: you took the uh ray dunn red pill is what happened
1: yes that's exactly what happened man so what are you doing now so what does she do when she sees all those like labeled mugs and plates and all that stuff she Dude, she, just... she
0: just walks right she just like it's it's trash to her you know i can't even believe that you would even bring ray dunn up to my wife at this point uh and um, she'll, I think, I think it will probably come back eventually. I think that uh, you give it a couple of years, we'll right. have it all in storage in the garage or something. And she's going to bring out all the Ray Dunn again. But uh, I, I
1: feel like she walks by that stand and like, just stops, And like, I can't even look at you. I,
2: <laughs> there, there's another alternative here, Josh. I, um, when I was 12, I was done with my Star Wars. Which in retrospect, you fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> I screwed up. Mm -hmm. but i was done so what i did is i set up a little city out back i lived out in the woods took out a 22 (laughs) with a scope and i took out every single star wars man i had even yoda even boba fett took them all out and then i was like man that was awesome and then i started looking around and i go wait i got gi joe's too Uh i did it to my gi joe's i did it to all those things so I'm, i'm i'm betting you could have just as much fun with your with your mr dunn stuff
0: yeah i could i could but you gotta look at it from the fact that you you know put a 22 in the telescoping darth vader's head or something and you know it probably would be worth thousands of dollars right now yeah you put I, him away I, I, was it worth yeah, it
1: no um me. as he looked <laughs> yeah. around his apartment it's like yeah i guess not no <laughs> <laughs> But you know what?
2: I was the guy that when the when the new episodes came out, I bought everything. Like I was like, I'm not, I'm I'm not missing the trade on this one. Like, did you have smart. like?
1: Did you have so the much. like the soda this cans? Stuff Nobody wants a have... Jar Jar Binks. Oh no! Yeah. Did... Like they, yeah, they yeah. go for it. They go yeah,
0: for it. Jar Jar. He's gonna make. He's gonna make his return. He's gonna be. You know, he's gonna be everybody's favorite character eventually. By the way,
2: there's a. I'm not a Star Wars guy. The
0: conspiracy theory.
2: This conspiracy theory that he's a that he's a uh, Sith Lord I've yeah.
0: I, I have seen it I've seen this the, the theory I like to support it just because he was a horrible character and it would make so much more sense of why he was trying to sabotage everything yeah. that he was a bad guy oh,
1: they,
2: need to, they need to retcon that
1: didn't like the I voice mean, actor that, that played him Like, didn't he just basically like lose every job
0: after that like, he didn't <laughs> get anything I don't even sure. know I don't know that I sounds right so. I wouldn't Man. hire him. You son of a bitch!
2: That guy was did what you were supposed to do.
1: Look at Elmo. What's
2: <laughs> that?
1: Look at the guy that played Elmo. He's gone <laughs> for sure. He's gone. So, Josh, so you are the head coach at Head Not HQ, correct?
0: Mm-hmm. I am.
1: So, you know, Sean and I have been talking about this. What's everything been like for you as far as a uh, a gym coach with everything that's going on
0: man you I mean you you obviously can't teach traditional classes you can't um, you know we are in Illinois and we have a uh, stay-at-home order so you cannot uh, as a non-essential business you cannot run your business um, or risk getting fined or whatever and um, so when everything started I told my students hey we're going to do this no matter what, we are going to just follow what the government tells us to do. You know, if they put us at 10 people, then we'll keep our classes to 10 people. And so that was what we did for like three weeks. And so we were basically teaching custom, like private classes of 10 people. And so I think I used like Calendly or something like that to do it. And so people could schedule themselves. And obviously I was teaching like, eight times, 10 times more of the classes than I normally would in a day. Cause normally I'm teaching one class a day. So I'm teaching a bunch of class and it's not a bunch of private lessons, but I was able to keep you know, all my students at the time. Um, then they, when they put in the stay at home order, I told everybody like, Hey, this is how we're going to handle it. My job is to get you guys better at jujitsu. So every single day we will do something to get you guys better at jujitsu. So I, um, I made an instructional that was 10 parts released one part each day to my students. We have like a video library that they were able to do it. We've done, um, uh, we're, we're all TAC team and, uh, there's four TAC team black belts in our area. So we decided we're going to trade off seminars at each other's schools when everything comes back. Um, like when we're allowed to have seminars. And so it will be free to all of our students that stayed on. And then we also did some different Q and A's and stuff. And we've been doing like tonight, one of my coaches is doing a uh, kids and teens um, Q and A on zoom for all of our people. And I actually run two gyms. Um, we have Headnod HQ, which is my main gym, my headquarters, and then Headnod training center Jerseyville, which is about 45 minutes away from my gym. And I have a coach that runs it. He's going to be running some kids stuff tonight. so we're just trying to do something every single day for our people and out of one hundred and sixty students, we have had three pause their membership, and so that has been you know amazing that we've been able to keep that many people on yeah, especially I mean with like the unemployment rates and all the stuff that's going on that's that's a pretty good percentage
1: did you have, like obviously i don't want to get into anybody's like personal business, but did you did you have like a conversation with those like three people like how is that kind of I feel like that might so be awkward sometimes
0: I had a conversation with everybody and um, We don't do contracts at my gym. And I made sure to stress, Hey, no one is under contract. This is what we're going to do. Um, if you guys want to pause the second that the gym opens up, you can come right back. There's no worries about that. It's, you know, I, I basically said my job is to take care of you guys. Your job is to take care of yourself and your family. And so if it is, you're not able to, because you can't, you know, you're not able to pay your gym membership because you're, taking care of yourself and your family, that's your job. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And, um, I just, just always try to be really honest with my students, with my guys and, um, and girls. And they are, I would just have such a cool, awesome group of people. And, um, the amount of support that I got on top of it was like, it was just, it, it was awesome. It really was. That's very cool. You're, you're I mean,
2: such a much better person than I am. Yeah,
1: I
0: could have told you that. Because <laughs> to Mike, because
2: to the guys in my school, I just, I just go, well, here's a meme.
1: John <laughs> has zero effort and has like, you, you guys been training? No? Okay, yeah, yeah me either. That's cool.
2: <laughs> well, here, here, that's, that's yes, I mean, no. I mean, I do give them homework. I'm like, okay, you need to look at this guy. You need to look at this guy. You need to look at this guy. Because I tell them, look, while we can't physically train, we can train our brains.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: science has shown that the doing the moves in your head fires the same exact nerves
0: mm-hmm. as if you do it
2: physically. So watch, try to mimic it in your head as much as you can. And when we come back, you won't be as far behind the eight ball as when we went into this.
0: That um, That is true. That's really good. And,
2: and so I've, I've been giving them homework here and there, but... Um, I just like when it comes to like the solo drills and stuff like that. I was like, eh.
0: I agree. Eh. I'm on oh, the same page with that. I was
1: gonna ask you, so like, what would you recommend then to people? Like, I don't have mat space. I don't even have mats at home. So, what do you tell to those students?
0: I mean, obviously, they're still supporting you. Mm-hmm. So what we did was, um, I have, like I said. I would love to have this great thing of like, yeah, I'm just this really intelligent great leader. But the truth is, I just have been blessed with so many cool people around me. One of the dudes um, that I train with is a black belt. He's actually a Gracie Baja black belt, but we train uh, together a lot. Um, his so you don't hold it against Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I do hold it against him, but he does help me out. But anyway, um, he is um, his his name's uh, Jeff Schulz and he did a podcast with me and so i really just did it for my students but i did it broadly um and he is a uh he is going to be a doctor in like sports psychology Mm -hmm. and so what we did was um we sat down and he wrote up a thing on imagery training for jujitsu and he went through point by point he had a like this acronym that he went through and um just talked about exactly what you were just saying um about those nerves firing, how to get them. He talked about doing mental reps of things. And because uh, that was something like when he's talked about imagery training before, I will be like, okay, you know, I'm in the match. I'm grabbing the, my right hand is grabbing the lapel. I need to get milk. And then I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I messed up. I can't do this. I suck at imagery training. And he was saying, well, when you do that, that is one mental rep. He said, and you keep doing these mental reps until you start to be able to see yourself through um, a, a whole position or a whole move. And he really explains it really well. But that's what I mean. Like just having, being around really cool people has made it a lot easier, you know? Yeah.
1: I'm a big believer in, in visualization and, and doing those mental reps. Like for me, like I hate running. I despise <laughs> running. I mean, I grew up playing soccer and basketball and stuff like that. So it's like, I get it. Like, I know I have to do it. But, man, it's one of those things that, like, after mile one, I'm like, yeah, I could do the rest. I don't need to. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's that mental check. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. So mm-hmm. for me, like, I, that's what I do to keep my pace going. It's like, while I'm running, I'm just visualizing an entire match. Or I'm visualizing drills. It's like arm drags. You know, like heel hooks, things like that, just to constantly, constantly keep going. So it's it's cool to see. I think that because of everything that's going on, more and more people are going to start doing that. Just because they don't even have an option.
0: Like, <laughs> yes, they really don't have true. an option.
2: My whole And, and
1: my whole thing is, is my guys that compete,
2: you know, I, I say, look, man, I go, there's like, when, when, whenever there's a competition coming up, I'm like, look, there's nothing we can add to your game in a month and a half that's going to make a difference to whether you win or lose. I said, the only thing that you can do, and it's the same thing that you can do now, is make sure that your cardio is on point. I, mm-hmm. Because when it comes to competition, you're in there with guys that are very similar level, unless they're like at the, at the edge of the next belt.
0: Sandbagging. You know? but, yeah, yes. <laughs> Just say it.
2: Yeah, but you can't control – your jujitsu versus their con- jujitsu but what you can't control is make sure that your conditioning is on point i believe that when it comes to competition 90 percent of it is being in shape 90 percent of it is having is being in better shape than your opponent so you can push the pace and keep moving you have five to ten minutes right mm-hmm. so if you're not in shape and you think you think you're just going to get by a jujitsu that's a terrible way to go into a competition but what you can do now while we are on a jiu-jitsu break is you can improve your cardio. You can go out and run. You can go out and ride your bike. You can go out. you can't go swimming unless you have a pool in your backyard. Yeah, but that's like, right. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bunch Sorry, of stuff. we're not all
1: ballers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but there's not a lot of, that you can do other than make sure that you come back. When we come back, you're not sucking wind the moment you step on that mat. Well, I mean, right. a lot of people are in even
1: locked down like that far. A lot of people are locked down where they're not even allowed to go out for a run. Like, some places really are that far locked down. I mean, there's yeah, not many.
2: You can do a burpee in your
1: living room. I mm-hmm. saw a video of a guy running on his balcony back and forth. <laughs> have you seen the, the <laughs> dish there's, soap?
2: Well, there's a will, the, there's a way. Have you I, seen I, the I, dish
1: they, soap on the kitchen
0: floor? What's
1: that? Uh-huh. dish soap, you haven't seen that? So there's like Oh, is
0: that where people are doing like the, with their legs, they're doing all kinds of weird exercises with yeah. them? I so didn't realize that that's what that was.
1: Yeah, they're just pouring like dish soap on the floor in the kitchen, on the tile. And they'll hold on to the counter and just start walking. So it's like a, it's a basically a poor man's treadmill is what that
0: is. That's awesome. That's I mean, awesome. I'll take it. It's better than mm-hmm. nothing.
1: But
2: yeah, I believe that that's something we can all do right now is make sure our cardio is better.
1: So I I agree. I'm thinking like from your experience as a coach, do you think that I mean, obviously we they have like there's the diehards like us where as soon as everything opens up, we'll be back to train. But do you think there's going to be people that are still apprehensive about just coming in and getting that close to someone? I mean, you can't get any closer than what we do and getting it sweat on each other and all that stuff. Do you think that there's going to be a little backlash on that?
0: I think what's going to happen is that they are going – I don't think that – you know, in our area it's supposed to be May 1st. I don't think that May 1st is going to come around and they're going to flip the switch and say, hey, anybody can do anything. I think they are going to limit sizes of groups still, but you're going to be allowed to be in groups. I think easing into that is going to be – You know, Okay, I think that's going to help. But I think it depends on your area. If you're in New York, and you have all these people that got, you know, that got sick, like, um, if you look at Illinois, uh, it says, you know, all the statistics say, like, Illinois is a horrible state for Coronavirus. But we like, Illinois is Chicago, and then it's the rest of the state, right? It's Chicago, and then it's farmland, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's where we're at. And we're actually near St. Louis, Missouri. But um, in Illinois, you know, it probably, we probably won't see that same backlash because not many people know somebody, their cousin didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but in New York, you know, like everybody, got ev- it. everybody got it, man. I, you know, people I watch on YouTube that live in New York are you know, not doing videos cause they're sick, you know? Yeah. And so I think that, I think it might depend on the area and I could be wrong. It could be, you know, um, everybody's like super gun shy about it or, you know, I know, I know I have a good amount of my students that are stupid anyway, and they're going to go out and, you know, and it's because of their leadership, you know, and so (laughs) they're going to, we're going to go out and we're going to train, you know? Yeah. I mean,
1: it's different for sure The in the metropolitan areas, I mean, my, I was, I'm originally from Italy, so I have a lot of family over there and I mean, everybody knows how hard they got hit. So Mm -hmm. it's, that stacking on top of one another, like you have in New York, I mean, uh, yeah. it was, it's inevitable. It really is inevitable. There's there's physically no way that you could sanitize everything that everybody touches. And that mm-hmm. air just floats. That air stays there. So it's, I'm not surprised at all. If anything, I'm more surprised that they didn't get hit harder, mm-hmm. You know what's
2: funny? Is like, you, is, it's, this has really changed the way that we have, like like, well, at least me, I do, I do things like if I go upstairs now I don't touch the handrail. <laughs> like like if I like you know at my at my complex here if I go up if I, when I come up the stairs I don't touch the handrail.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
2: who else touches handrail? I'm not touching. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I'm, there's little things like that that are gonna be that are changing. Um, and it's like the tiniest little thing that you don't think about. So think about. I do. Once Things get well. I'm not, things and I'm not even, I'm even a
1: legit germaphobe. I'm like I'm borderline there for sure. Let well, well, me ask you guys
2: a question. When you go to the store that you gotta open the door, do you do this? You use your pinky and go no. underneath. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> try to touch as little of the door handle as possible.
1: I try so to use know. my foot. <laughs> In the store? Yeah. Like <laughs> so here's the thing, like if I'm grocery shopping, no, I I, I don't I don't care because I I've always been under that mindset, like this is dirty. If you just sit there and watch people, this is dirty. So it's always <laughs> like You can ask Sean, I have like a bottle of hand sanitizer. I've always had it in my car. Mm -hmm. Go to pump gas, I have it. I go in it. As soon as I sit in my car before I touch anything, I use it. That's just the mindset that I've been in just because I already have a crappy immune system, but I know how dirty some people are, right? But I am not going to sit there and get out of hand because then you're getting into a whole different extreme. And if that's the case, you're going to be just grabbing everything like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, you can't live that way.
0: Yeah. And you can't avoid it. They're going to, your body is going to deal with viruses, bacteria, germs. It is going to deal with those things. No matter how many times you wash your hands, you are going to have to, your immune system is going to have to fight those things. For sure.
1: Well, I, I've been saying now, like I'm 99% sure I already got it. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm dead serious. So here's the funny part is my parents actually went to China in December so last year when they first booked it, I remember I was just busting my mom's chops. I'm like, you better start, you better get your antibiotics, go get a malaria shot, stuff like that. Just to like kind of joking around, but like you're going to travel in a completely different country. Your body's not used to like the food and stuff, stuff like that. You should be used to it. And then they came back, they got sick. And then mm-hmm. I got super sick. So like there was like a couple of weeks where I like didn't go to talk to anybody, didn't do anything. I had a really, really bad cough. Really mm-hmm. bad.
2: And we on, had like, to cancel one of the
1: the podcasts because you couldn't. Yeah. So like I and it was weird because I was saying I'm like something's different. Like because I normally just get sinus infections. I like I had like surgery on my nose, so like I get sinus infections like that. So I was like, but this isn't a sinus infection, and I don't get colds like like I used to. This doesn't feel like anything like in between. It was really weird, and I started coughing like crazy. I was just hocking up chunks, as gross as it sounds, like it, like I was just hocking up chunks. I was like, this, this isn't normal. Something's mm-hmm. not right. Like I would get random, like feverish and then I'd be all right. Like night, I couldn't sleep. So then after about two weeks, like I started feeling a little bit better and then I crashed all over again. So it was like, it was hitting me for a while. And I'm like, something wasn't right about it. And then all this hit like, okay, it's starting what? to sound like I got it. Well, mm-hmm.
2: if you, I, I kind of hope you did have it Because that means I'm Superman Because I was around you and I got nothing
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah but I'm not like you I'm not coughing in your face <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't matter the, When's the, the last thing? time we even like fist bumped That's how much I trust your hygiene <laughs> I I, All the time we,
2: we, yeah. Whenever we whenever we start start the freaking podcast. See, you're, you're not just, you know, this is me,
1: this boy. is how how deep We're I'm in. When just, we started cheering, it's no longer top, it's like the bottom. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm all about the details, homie. So so Josh, so let's say May first comes around. Do you think you're gonna go back to obviously depending on what the government says and like the city says, do you think you're gonna go back to doing the groups of ten? for a little while or how do you think you're going to approach it
0: for me it will completely depend on what we're allowed to do um if the government feels it is uh uh, effective and efficient to just allow you to open up i will open up you know um i am just going to that it allowed me you know them making the rules of this allowed me to not have to make any health or scientific decision i just decided that hey I pay taxes for this reason, you know, and, um, we, you know, we all pay taxes for this reason to, for them to be able to hire people that are scientists and people that know what they're talking about. And so I decided that whatever they say, we're gonna, um, we're just going to respect. I mean, until May 2nd, if they say May 2nd that you can't open up, then yeah. <laughs> you know, we're doing jujitsu outside. Anarchy sets in. Yes. Yeah.
1: So you're not one of those people that started creeping into the conspiracy theories?
0: I mean, I Come on. I, I pretty much believe every conspiracy theory that I've ever read. So um, I try not to. And so I really do try hard not to get into conspiracy theories and things like that because I just always, they always convince me. Well, right. my best friend, <laughs> for whatever reason, he's usually the one of us with his head on his shoulders and he came to my house one day and had like 10 things man and we were like you know we're, we weren't on the moon coronavirus was the 5g cover-up um you know then it, you know like the new world order and then it was and i'm like dude I, i'm in i'm i i okay yeah i believe it
1: so is there is there one that like that you really kind of like man i really think this is it like doesn't matter politics aside whatever you believe like i just want to hear like this is my my conspiracy
0: theory this is why i believe it i'm just curious okay so i feel like i feel like i don't have any that i like that i really that i really truly do feel like oh yeah i definitely think that this is true but when i start talking to somebody about uh about flat earth And I am not a flat earther. And they start saying, well, you know, if you walk three miles away, you shouldn't be able to see you, right? Because of the curvature of the earth, you're supposed to lose three feet every mile. And then they're like, you know, they show these videos where people are in water and they're doing these, you know, these three mile away walks and they can still see dead on. And uh, then they're like, how do you explain that? And I'm like, huh. (laughs) <laughs> well i can't and uh and man i i can usually stand my ground on just being like yeah no you're totally stupid and then they hit me with something and i'm like oh man yeah yeah you're right and they're like no 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 so, sorry and so it's like it's like i can i basically i shouldn't say i believe every conspiracy theory i see the plausibility of every conspiracy right. theory that i ever hear
1: uh, I'll give you that one. I mean, I have a couple of my own. Were you going to say something, Sean?
2: Yeah, the the whole thing about the water thing, it, that whole the reason why that's different is because water is constantly moving. It doesn't. So so if you do that same experiment on land, and you can do it, like I've seen the experiment with the uh, you you have a board with a hole in it. Mm-hmm. That's that's the true experiment where you can see the curvature. It, I mean. It, it, <laughs> I, mean, I talked the first time I ever talked to a legit flat earther, I was amazed.
1: Uh-huh. I did they not get into believe
2: it. that there is a north and a south. <laughs> There's <an laughs> only east and west.
1: See, you my know? favorite part out of that whole theory has always been the ice wall. The ice yes. wall part has always been like my favorite part. Like, go on, tell me where this ice wall is. I want to see it. Like, I really, really want to see this ice wall. I do. Like, well, here's the thing. I, what does the what do
2: the powers that be get out of telling us our planet is round?
1: Mind what, control.
2: What what is the end?
1: <laughs> it's mind control.
2: Do you know what I'm saying? No. I mean
1: like listen. But every you... wait, 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 wait.
2: Before I go, before or not For, sorry, before, go, <laughs> before we move on, my whole thing is this every other single planet in the universe is a yes. circle.
1: And that, you've seen, that you've seen. Listen. There's t- billions and billions of other planets. Yeah, they're you don't all know. Right. You, you do All. Right. <laughs> <laughs> have works. you seen them? Have you yes. seen them? Yes. So my every, thing, is like, if you really, planet. all you need to do is like, you ever heard of the Coriolis effect? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just give them the Coriolis effect. There's no possible way for me to shoot something a mile away. I have to aim where it's going to be, and I mm-hmm. have to take the courage. That's it. Simple math. I don't care about you flying into space and your rocket blowing up all this stuff. You can do whatever you want that's that one so but the other ones uh,
0: which one do you got which one is the one in the top of your you can go ahead and convince me with it i for me
1: it's uh, i know i'm gonna get so much shit for this i
0: honestly don't think we landed on the
1: moon a hundred percent don't believe that we landed on the moon
0: i really don't i i have a I, have, I used to be a personal trainer, and I had clients. I had a few different clients that would – I swear that's all we would talk about. They would just come in, and they would be like, yeah, so I was watching this video. And, <laughs> you know, hey, the flag was moving. And I'm like, the flag's not moving on the moon? And they're like, no, they're not supposed to. It's in a vacuum. And I'm like, there, you got, there,
2: like there oh, Like, is a small atmosphere on the moon. Every planet has an atmosphere. See, not I'm not
1: even worried flag, about any of that. I'm not worried about any of that. That's not even like, I don't even have to get into that minute of a thing. My biggest thing is there's the Van Allen radiation belt, which is just a ton of radiation. So there's no possible way to get through it without you getting nuked. There's just, there's no way. So when you look at the actual like shuttle or whatever that they they flew on, like the lunar landing module, man, it's, it's this thin, it's literally like this thin. So you're telling me that that handled the coldest space doing all that. And then you look at it. It's like my phone has more technology than that entire like whole spaceship and computer system put together. Right? So now all that aside, you're telling me we could do this when we didn't even believe in seat belts, but now you can't make it out there. There's no reason for us to go there. There's just isn't. And then like China tried to do it uh, last year. They, they went to the, to the other side of the moon and then they couldn't do it. Like the, their satellite, whatever, couldn't make it. So it's like, that's the only thing that gets me. It's like, why could we, we do it back then, but not now?
2: There are windows in the, in the um, van out Al-
1: right? But even then it's like, so you're telling me those handful of missions that we went out there, the couple of times that we landed on the moon, learned everything that there is to learn about. It. No need to go back out there. That's my only thing. Granted, I know it sounds stupid, and I'm always like, I want to believe we landed. I think we did land. Do I really think it? I don't think <laughs> it. Like, So it's, like, it's just one of those things to keep your mind busy. Like, I don't want to sit there and dedicate hours on footage. But that's just for me. What about you, Sean? Tupac's still alive.
0: Ooh. Really? <laughs> I would See, believe it. How come, how come when he was saying we didn't land on the moon, I was like, yeah, I'll believe that. But then when you said Tupac is still alive, I was like, Really? I didn't know that. Let's hear about it.
2: (laughs) There's been pictures all over the world of this guy that looks exactly like Tupac. He had an album come out
1: after. Yeah, yeah. but that's that happens all the time.
2: Yeah, but there were things that he talked about that happened after his death in that album. So
1: So the album that you're talking about, there's the thing that you got to look at it when there's stuff like that. And Josh, just so you know, like I, I spent most of my life working in the music industry. So okay. like that, that's my background. So the album that you're talking about, um, if you listen to it, it's actually, um, sound alikes and stuff that they put in the background and they're double track. So one of them I'm 99% sure is Pitbull. Like, cause I can sit there and dissect the whole album before you show it. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that the same way that you see the, um, what's the AI, I think the, the fake, what's it called? Oh, deep fakes. Yeah. The deep fakes. Uh like they can do the same thing with audio. Like it's super simple. It takes a little bit of time. So I probably, they just chopped and screwed everything together to make those along with the sound. Like it's super easy. All right. Okay. Sorry. So I got completely cut off. All I'm saying is it happened in the middle of conspiracy (laughs) theories. We were saying it while you were gone. So, you know, maybe one of us is right.
0: Just saying. <laughs> yeah, t- literally, Tupac got into your Wi-Fi and cut it. That's he's a- outside your house right now with a pair of scissors, man. I wouldn't doubt it.
2: Well, you know what? Look, dude. Can you think about it? He just, he's just he got all this money. He had all this fame. He had people wanting to kill him. Maybe he just wanted to roam the earth like like, like Kane and Kung Fu, man. I dude, think it was like- that
1: that close call in Vegas. He probably did get shut up in Vegas, and he was like, screw this. I'm out. It's not worth
2: it. So I watched that Chris D'Elia – uh, stand up on Netflix last night uh. And he talked about There was a um, Cops I didn't know this But cops got to um, Right after Tupac got shot supposedly. Mm. This, is, this is the story The cops got there And he was dying but he was still alive And the cop asked him He's like who did this Tell us who did this And Tupac basically Tupac goes fuck you to give him the finger before dying. Oh yeah. my gosh. I'm like, dude. That's, yeah. that's like, I don't, I don't know if that story's true or not because it was on the comedy special. That's
1: uh-huh.
0: what I know about it. But if that's true. I
1: I don't know about you, but I get all my facts from comedy specials.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I get all my facts from Netflix documentaries. There you go. Mm-hmm. See?
1: So, I mean, if the truth is out there, it's definitely in a Chris special.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. but, but if that is true and he did that, how fucking gangster is that, dude? That you're, so, you're such a gangster that you're not gonna talk to the cops when you're
1: dying. Well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they like opened the case back up because I know they've been going after uh, the I think it was like LAPD. They're saying that it was like a whole like fix. Like they were planning on doing it for like a while. So there's yeah, there's a legit conspiracy behind all that. So I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. You know what's yeah
2: is they've been dead.
1: Biggie and Tupac
2: have been dead for over 20, like, I think what, 25 years, 26, 24 years? Mm -hmm. That's a long time for these guys to be dead and still be talked about and revered in Mm hip-hop.
1: I mean, look at the Bruce Lee. Like, I mean, that's, there's still like conspiracies going around on how he died and...
2: But there's one Bruce Lee. There's a bunch of rappers.
1: That's true. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Rappers die all the time. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
2: I'm, you, i that's what I'm saying. But yeah, here we, but Biggie and Tupac for some reason stuck around.
1: You don't even listen to Biggie or Tupac. So I don't I know do why. Too.
2: I listen to Biggie all the time.
1: So Josh, let me ask you outside of jujitsu. What have you, have you done anything just to kind of keep your mind busy trying like a new skill or anything like that?
0: Um. So new skill wise, no, I mean, <laughs> not, not really. No, not new skill wise. I do. Um, I cook a lot. And so that is, you know, that's something that I do even when I am training jiu So it's something that I've been doing, you know, probably even more lately. You haven't been uh, refining your cooking skills. I mean, some, but you know, I'm a pretty good cook, man. So I don't have to, you know, right. like I just, just keep cooking and you can only eat so much, you know, I mean, I can definitely prove you wrong. I can you.
1: <laughs> Do you have a, a specialty? Is there a Josh McKinney specialty meal?
0: Man, I make, I mean, it depends on what I'm feeling. I think one of my favorite things that I make is gumbo. I make really good gumbo. A family lives south, and so we do a, some sou- southern cooking type stuff. That's <laughs> wait, one wait. of my favorite things. South? What do you mean? South, like Alabama?
2: Okay. Yeah. I'm like South Illinois. Yeah,
0: yeah. What is yeah? Uh, it's not gumbo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's not bad. So and so there, there's nothing really that's kind of been like you know what I now that I got some time maybe I'll start doing this or reading or anything like that. Like what's been taking up more of your time?
0: Man, I feel like I mean I've been doing a lot on my podcast. Um, I've been uh, doing a lot of body weight exercise type stuff. My wife and I have been doing together. Uh, she actually teaches yoga in the mornings and nice. she teaches it on, um, like zoom, I think, or something like that. And so I've been doing a lot of yoga classes, That's just true. doing, <laughs> just doing a lot of stuff, man. And, did you, uh,
2: did you do any, uh, Raja? What is that? It's, it's the, it's the yoga that I, I do. I do yoga, but I can't go to the school. That I've been going to, but it's 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 all on the floor. It's 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 a very relaxing meditative yoga.
1: I don't it's even kind of know if like you've ever heard. Don't, don't look at me, dude. I have no clue what he's talking about.
2: Wait, wait. Let me get my man card out. <laughs> go
1: ahead, rip that up. So so we're clear. You can go ahead and just get rid of that.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> no, Because um, that's one of the things that I miss a lot is the yoga. I do mm-hmm. I, I I I do yoga, you know, multiple times a week when I could go um but now that i haven't been able to go i've been trying to do it in my room or you should
1: my, start your own yoga channel sean well that you was, should yeah fat boy fat, fat boy yoga fat boy yoga, boy, fat
2: boy yoga. Come
1: on, i like dude. that <laughs> oh my god that the memes i could make off of that one be good. i think it'd be just <laughs> worth it just for that so you brought up your podcast how long have
0: you been doing your podcast for i started it um i think november i think i started in november uh, last year november of uh, 2019
1: so what's the what's the the I'm trying to think of a way to say like what have you learned so far in just like your your uh, your podcast
0: okay so a few things um one that i'm not very good at it and uh i just i just um you know and you get like you know my students that will you know, message me and be like, Oh, I love the podcast. They're so good and stuff. But you know, they're just trying to get belt promotions. Yeah, exactly. But like, (laughs) I, I, you know, I, something I realized that, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's the, the being online and talking to people like that. But, um, I feel like there's a lot of times that I'm asking questions and I do not ask the right question. You know what I mean? And, it's, and it happens a lot like um, when I listen back to it and I listen to people that have um, good podcasts and I'm like, man, these guys ask questions that I wish, but, like that I wanted to know, but I didn't realize I wanted to know. Right. And um, so starting to look at that, that is something that I've learned, not like now I know how to ask the right questions, but I've just learned that I don't know how. And so as I'm doing it more and trying to build it more and trying to learn how to do that. And so that's been, um, something that's been really interesting and then also, um, just how willing people are to do it. I was, I've been really surprised with, you know, mess. I did one with JT Torres. I didn't actually, um, haven't released it yet, but I did one with JT Torres recently. And I just sent him a message and he was like, Oh yeah, dude, I'd love to be on. And I was like, really, are you sure? <laughs> he's like,
1: awesome. He's an awesome he's, dude.
0: He's such a cool dude too. And so like, that was something that I really, I really, really enjoyed, um, was, you know, getting to just realize like people are so willing to, um, come on and, and, and talk about their craft.
1: So I'll give you, I'll give you some advice, like not to I sit I would there. love some. No, 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 not, not on, in the way that you're thinking. It's one of those things where at one point you're going to hit the, the, the cliche of never meet your heroes. Yeah. There's gonna be a time when it's come like I because I've had it so I mean we've been fortunate enough to get guys like you, like JT and and people that we're friends with obviously to do the podcast. But then there's people that you we reach out to or I'll reach out to and the replies that I get is just jaw dropping. Like it's awesome to see how many cool people we have in jiu-jitsu, but then when I get one it's like sure I'll do it for a hundred bucks. really oh dude like i can show you the messages like excuse me really baking powder like bro you've like you've never won like any big tournament or even like big super fights why would i pay you 100 bucks i wouldn't even pay 100 bucks for your seminar i just thought you were a cool person (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i wanted to ask you questions like if it's something like it wasn't like gordon ryan or anybody like that like i'm Mm -hmm. not gonna sit there and throw this person under the bus completely like, but I could sit there and hit up Gordon and be like, Hey Gordon, you want to come on the podcast? Sure, no problem. I know he would, because he's a, like a nice guy. And like I've met Why him. Why haven't you, dummy? Cause I'm not gonna sit there and do the same podcast everybody else does. And that's my thing. I'd rather talk to someone like Josh or someone like JT, someone that has like it's down to earth and it's not like an ego trip. You know what I mean? That's the way that I see it.
0: Yeah. Two times you mentioned like Josh and JT like we are similar. Um <laughs> Just so you know, I'm not on, I, I, I am not on that level. (laughs) You can, if you were doing like the hand signal and you put like, you know, JT up here and then you said, and then Josh, then I'd be like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. The hand signal of like, yeah, that, that, that explains to people. But when you put them together, it almost, you know, it almost makes it seem like there's some solidarity there. there, No, but I mean, like
1: (laughs) in, in humanity wise and being a person for sure like you know like it's the the quality of the person the way that i see it but i'm not gonna sit there and say like okay like josh up here jt like no like it's never gonna sit there and be that way but i mean when someone sits there and says to me like you will do it for a hundred bucks like um okay like what am i gonna get for a hundred bucks then because i'm not like you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's like I, it's stuff like that like at some point or another it's gonna hit and like i promise you you're just gonna be like uh One, no
2: <laughs> who are your top three guests that you'd love to have
0: mine yeah Oof, that's tough okay so i answered like who would be my top guest that i love to have and there is uh like on i do always do question and answers on mine and so i did that somebody asked that and so my answer is, I would love to have, and this is obviously a two-fold thing, right. I would love to have a celebrity that trains jujitsu, um, a Ashton Kutcher or something like that, mainly because, obviously, having the fan base of one of those guys would be awesome sure. if they shared the podcast, but I would also love to know what it's like to, like, get your blue belt and have people mad about it and, like, bashing you on oh, like social Man. media. Yeah. Exactly. They went nuts on Jonah Hill. And I would love that. I I would just, just out of curiosity, I would love to know what that's like. Like, man, how did you feel when you, you know what I mean? Like maybe you didn't put the same amount of work in that somebody else does to get their belt, but still you put in work to get this belt. How would you feel after that? Or how did you feel after like, or did you even see it? Did you see the comments of like Jiu Jitsu Times posted, you know, oh, hey. This guy got his blue belt, and everyone's like, oh, he sucks. You know, look at Ashton Kutcher. He couldn't even submit Craig Jones. He's trash.
1: Okay, okay, hold
0: on, hold on. on. Because I was one of those people that jumped
1: in on that. It wasn't anything about submitting Craig Jones, because you're not going to submit Craig Jones. (laughs) But it's also one of those things like – he's like a brown belt now or something, isn't he? Yes. It's like, now, you don't have to – Trash talk. I'm more than happy to do that for, for both. Of them. <laughs> but did you really look at that video and say, that's a Brown belt,
0: man? I, okay. So I would say, how old is Ashton Kutcher?
1: Oh, I think he's like
0: early forties. I mean, he was moving well for someone his age. For sure. So that's kind of, I looked at it from that perspective of like, okay. man, this guy is getting a little older. You know, Cause I, I mean, I have purple belts um, that are, in their forties. It's different when you start jujitsu young and then you start to transition into getting older. Um, it seems like it's just a harder grasp for people that start a little older and then they're moving through. Like my, uh, my dad's a black belt and he started the same time I did, which was 12 years ago. And so he started at 46. And so, um, I saw the, um, how much harder it is for somebody to start at that age. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, Then you kind of see, and I have students that will like, you know, will get in a transfer from a different gym that, you know, maybe is a brown belt or something. And they're like, man, that guy's not a real brown belt. I'm like, no, he is. I mean, obviously to our standard, it's different. Right. Right. But he's a brown belt in jujitsu. You know, it's like, is is only the top 10% of a belt that belt? You know, like, because I've rolled with black belts and even thought like, wow, this guy is not very good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like this guy, like, I'm sure that some of my, my blue and purple belts would just, would beat him. I didn't realize
1: you rolled with Sean.
0: (laughs) Oh oh, man. But I, I, you know, I didn't realize, and I see that like, man, but that's okay. You know, like it's, it's kind of like, you know, I'm sure that there are black belts that would beat up on me. And so it's like, you know, does that mean I'm not a black belt? You know, like I just kind of look at it from that perspective of like, let everybody know their own truth, I guess. And so like with a guy like that, I would like to, that's somebody I would absolutely um, love to sit down and talk to. The other one that is actually like a jujitsu person that's on podcasts. And I sent him a message and he has not saw it. It is um, a Sean Williams, Sean Williams. Mm -hmm. I've done seminars with him and they are amazing. And um, his certain guys just have, certain perspectives on things that I just really love to talk about. And he like literally I mean, at the last time, maybe I only did one seminar with him, but I was a purple belt. And he um, said some stuff, literally changed the way I trained in like my game and you know, in an, in two hours. And I was like, wow, that doesn't happen very often, especially when you're at a purple belt and you're hard headed and you're like kind of setting your ways with certain things. And so that's somebody I would love to have on, uh, podcast soon okay but which celebrity if you could have
1: all the celebrities you just said ashton kutcher
0: no no he just said
2: someone like. yes
0: i said someone like them oh, okay that's tough
2: um i got i know my answer if we could get one celebrity that does jujitsu who I would that be you. Keanu.
0: oh yeah oh sure. yeah he would be cool man he seems like a cool guy even if he didn't do jujitsu sure. yeah yeah like i think i think Russell Brand might be interesting, but he's a little oh, too hippie with our, stuff, man. Yeah, I don't think I could – I think there would be a disconnect between, you know, uh, Illinois growing up Josh and, yeah. you know, um, and Russell Brand, you know? Mr. Six uh,
1: Addict, UK yes. Russell Brand, yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. I think there might be a disconnect. Maybe that would be fun.
2: He's transcended what he
0: was. <laughs> that is, no. yeah. yeah, he's, he's definitely like improved.
2: Intellectual – Guru that happens to do jujitsu—it's <laughs> really weird what that what that guy is, has you actually know, morphed into.
1: You know what I was thinking is like the the thing was it with uh, what's his face Seth when yeah. he like posted his photo with the white belt like that one was kind of like man the guy is actually putting in the effort like I think he got shit because he was wearing a show gi as yeah. a white belt. It's like bro, if I had the money like at a white belt and I could get a show your a nice show gi, I would have done it too, but with Ashton, I think, and I'm starting to think more and more that it was him trolling people because he knew people were going to talk shit, was the belt tying. I think the belt (laughs) tying he has to be doing on purpose because there's no way that I would sit there and think that John Jock would be like, bro, we're not going to post that photo. We're going to post that photo of you with your belt like that. For sure, he's Mm going to be like, no, I'm going to tie
0: it like this and see how many assholes are going to like him. I, I saw, and this is 100% true. I will not name names, but there is a guy that I've trained with before. And he is a, um, I think he had won worlds as a purple belt. And there was a picture that I was looking at and I was just like, I'd never noticed it, but his belt was tied wrong in the picture. And he's a world champion purple belt. And so I'm like, okay, apparently the belt tying doesn't matter. You know, hey. Apparently it doesn't matter. If,
1: Did you know. like just leave a comment and be like, Hey bro, what's up with the belt?
0: <laughs> like, I was just like, huh? Uh, I think I just won't mention this. I don't know. I think I'll just hold this in.
2: Josh, you said something that you said. Sean Williams said something that changed your whole game. Um, we had when we had Neil Melanson on the other night, the other day. He said something that was so profound to me, and we and it's common knowledge. It wasn't anything that you would go, man, duh, or, or like, are you? It, you that's what you would say. You would yeah. Like, duh. But it, it was like it's not something you think about. And you're like, holy shit. Which was. Which well, I'm getting to it. Let me get I
1: gotta have a setup.
0: Have you not seen? I thought you were gonna leave me with a cliffhanger. I know, right? Like, but I'm not gonna tell you. Got to listen to the episode. Well, that's like, what I'm okay. saying. Like I'm-, I'm waiting to hear you say what you heard at the seminar. Okay, I'll tell you guys. I'll tell you guys in a second. But you go first. Right. So what
2: he he taught? He came from the uh, military where he was a dog trainer and he learned about conditioning. And he says the uh, people will do more to avoid pain mm-hmm. than they will to gain pleasure. And it that made is. me really think about jujitsu a little bit different. You know, he comes from that—I don't want to say meaner school, mm-hmm. but like, yeah. If, if someone will, they'll definitely turn a certain way if they were trying to avoid pain in this one area or whatever. That is true. Like, so it started making me think about well, maybe I need to be a little meaner with my jujitsu. <laughs> <But>
1: that, <laughs> it's true, and that's why, like, I like I say it all the time. Like, one of the 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 benefits of like doing what I do, getting like to go around and film all these guys and take photos, is I learn a lot. One of the people that I like I would say I easily learned the most from, like mentally changed my approach to the game, was Wagner. And he basically said the same thing. Like, you know, and he got tons and tons of shit. He's like, everybody needs to stop this bullshit about this gentle art. He's like, that's not what you did to it. And the more that I went to see him and the more I watched him like, Man, the mean shit that he would do, rolling with Gilbert and stuff like that. Whereas, like, he wasn't trying to kill somebody, but he was doing jujitsu, like what it's supposed to be. I'm like, man, like that changed my game for for the better for sure.
0: Hmm. Man, and that's like, all right, all right. I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you yeah. mine. So this was this was from Sean Williams. He um, was just finishing the seminar, and it, like he did some Q and A. And I don't think anyone really asked anything directly at this. I think it was one of those things that like. He just wanted to say, and it was really good. And he said, you know, when I, when Hodger won the world, you know, his world um, open class title, his first one, he goes, you know, the, the highest ranking guy at his gym was a purple belt. And he said, you know, like, and this dude just beat everybody, you know, and I think and like, wasn't getting scored on. And he said, and so of course, when I got the chance, I asked Hodger, Hey, how did you do it? How did you win that? And he said, and Hodger said, oh, well, you know, I just, when I roll with my students, I only use timing and weight distribution. And he says, I will not use strength and speed when I'm rolling with my guys that I'm better than. And he says, so as I'm doing that, I'm actually seeing what works without any strength, without any resistance. And then he goes, and then as things get closer, I start to add my strength and my speed back. And so I'm doing these techniques that are quote unquote perfect because they're just using my weight and my timing. And he says, and then I start to be strong with him and he's like, and that, you know, and I'm beating everybody. And right at that time for me, it was just the perfect thing to be told the right time. I was getting ready to open my school. I opened my school when I was a purple belt. And uh, so I started going in and I started struggling to, um, to, to be able to progress when I had all white melt, all brand new white belts I was training with because they weren't giving me the right resistance. And so when I would try to resist into something, um, they would just like crumble. And so I was like, crap, this is not working. And so it kind of, I started reflecting back on that like, man, I don't know what that means to roll without strength, but I need to figure it out because that's the only way I'm going to be able to get better with these guys. And so as I did, as I started to, um, Notice, like, man, there is no strain on my body at all. I am not yanking, I'm not pulling, I'm just able to move to the right position and find the right space. And I started doing that, and I felt like that point I got started getting better faster than like I had ever gotten before. And, um, I also, I mean, I that wasn't the only thing we were doing differently, but I that was like the main thing that I was doing differently. and. That is like for, at Purple Belt for me, I did really good at Blue Belt. I didn't lose for like two and a half, three years or something like that. Um, and uh, I was competing all the time. I was doing awesome. And then I got my Purple Belt. I got second in my first tournament as a Purple Belt. And it was, a, it was an IBGF Open. And then I didn't place for like a year and a half. And I was competing a lot. And I was really frustrated and then opening my own school. I was like, well, now it's going to be even harder to place, you know, and I really was getting discouraged. Well, that transition, um, like the last year of purple belt for me, I did really good again. And, um, as a competitor and I really owe, I feel like I owe a lot of that to understanding and learning to roll without strength. When I competed, I was using strength, right? I was using my speed, my athleticism, all my, um, my physical attributes but when it came into training i was going into training to learn and not to win and so i was trying to learn all these new positions and learn how the most efficient way to beat them and then when i added you know a decent amount of athleticism to them then i started really doing well as a competitor
1: Do you think that's i mean i see it to be like an issue a lot in the gym like you're saying that when you go to roll at like the academy it's like you're trying to win you always want to be the guy that beats everybody in the gym and it's a it's an ego thing but just because you're doing that a lot of people don't realize maybe the guy that you're constantly beating is trying to learn something new so he's just going
0: to keep on being okay with being the nail Uh uh-huh and it's like so i i look at it like this people don't always realize that winning in the gym doesn't necessarily translate into winning in a tournament Right. Um, just because I can beat up one of my purple belts in the gym because I go to my best pass, I get side control, and then I tap them out. And I'm like, well, now I've won that round. I would have won the tournament. It doesn't translate when I'm fighting uh, Murillo Santana. Right. It's not the same thing. Yeah. And so um, I think it's really important. And I think this is what people miss in Jiu Jitsu. It's one of the biggest things they think of Jiu Jitsu as a whole. Right. Jiu Jitsu as a whole is cool. But when you think about jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu is, uh, you know, it's a bunch of main positions. And in each position, it is a different fight. It is a different game. The more that you go in with an understanding of each one of those fights, the better you're going to get at jiu-jitsu. And so that's all I, you know, when we do at my gym, when we um, run classes, we will stay on one position for a month. We'll do different moves, but one position for a month, and we will positional spark for one month and the reason we do that is because when we get into these really specific positions which are super common right i mean how much if you watch black belt worlds how much of black belt worlds is just me standing up trying to pass the open guard right and so that's where i need to be spending my time right instead of spending it just everywhere and spending it very broadly i spend it very specifically and then i start to you know if i'm getting swept by people it's okay because I'm just trying to learn this one position. I'm not even worried about it. It's like, man, I'm losing a jiu-jitsu match. I'm just losing a little battle, you know? Mm-hmm. If maybe my guard's really good and I need to work on my stand-up, I'm just going to – or my my top game, I'm just going to be hyper-specific and just work on that one thing and lose a million times and try to take note the best I can. And as I take note, I'll start to go you know, and start to win in those positions, and then I'll start to get better. You, know, you look at it, it's just impossible to get – good at jujitsu all at once, but it's very easy to get good at one position at a time.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I do something similar, but at the end of every class, I ask my, I ask my guys, I go, cause I, the way I teach is, is I start with a move the first week and we build on that transition, a mm-hmm. logical transition through the month. So by the end of the month, we're, you know, we're doing a whole transition and, I asked them at the end of every, at the end of every class after the gun roll. I go, okay, how many people got the pass? How many people got the sweep? How many people got the arm bar that we've been training? And you know, i let one guy raise a hand, one guy raise a hand. Very rarely do I get everybody that raised their hand. Mm-hmm. I go, and, I, and my guys are probably sick of me hearing this because I say it so often. I said, guys, here's what we're doing. I go, you're not in here to win. If you're winning, raise your hand. If you, if you want everything you did tonight, and, you know, they look around and then one person will raise their hand. And <laughs> I go, I go, well, you screwed up. I go, because I, I, I say it all the time. This is not a battlefield in here. This is our laboratory. This is, a, this, is, this is a science lab that you should be experimenting. I go, if you're not putting these moves into your game, you're selling yourself short. So it's time for you to either, because I want you to get tapped. I want you to get swept. I want you to get reversed. I go, because in here it doesn't matter i want you to lose in here that way when we go out you're not going to lose as much Mm -hmm. hopefully but it's like you you won't know unless you try And if you the biggest thing i say it all the time and i'm sure alex has heard me say this a thousand times is if you always do what you've always done you're always going to do what you've always done
0: that is so true
2: it's the stupidest thing but it's like yeah you're not if you're if you're not growing you're not doing jujitsu correct
1: mm-hmm. see like for me it's like i actually pull from from my music and it's from like playing guitar it's one of those things that i learned it a long time ago and it hit hard is and it's the same for jujitsu if you are are only going to play the songs that you're good at to that sound good then you're not practicing you're just showing off if you're practicing it's going to sound like shit and it's going to keep on sounding like shit. So it's like your jujitsu. It's like, if you're going to avoid the positions that you suck at, you're always going to suck at it. And it's like, okay, well, you're, you know, your guard might be amazing, but the second you get into half guard, it's garbage. It's mm-hmm. like, well, then like you got to keep working. A lot of people don't want that. They don't want that, that feeling of like, damn, I suck. They're just going to, I'm good at this. I'm just going to
0: do this. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's, it is hard um, ego wise to, you know, be in bottom side control, right. Especially when you're supposed to be good at jujitsu. You know, I really do for me. I feel like I am, that maybe there are like two positions that I don't feel like I am a legitimate black belt at. Now there are like three positions that I feel like I am a very good adult level competitor black belt at. Okay. And so, um, when I look at that, when I look at jujitsu from that lens, that, you know, obviously, regardless of if I'm good or bad, somebody wrapped a black belt around my waist, so I am a black belt, right? But I really try to be honest with myself, man, we were doing, um, when I was a brown belt, I, you know, and I'm running my own school, and I think it was at the end of brown belt, I was at Nogi Worlds, I got on this guy's back and I was on his back for four minutes before I submitted him, and I submitted him because he was on all fours, and he looked up at the clock, and I got my arm in. I literally did not do anything correctly that caused him to do that, and um, I remember getting back and being, and obviously, it was a win, so it was cool. you know, I got to go to the next round, Um, but it was frustrating to me because I'm like, that is a That is a dominant position in jiu-jitsu that I should have been better. And he wasn't doing anything amazing at defending. I just wasn't attacking correctly. And so then I started to look at, well, what am I not doing? How do I I get myself to – because I didn't even feel like I was a brown belt at that position. I may have been a brown belt at holding from that position, but I did not feel like I was a brown belt at finishing from that position. So I started to be really honest with myself about, like, man, how do I – how do I handle this? And so I obviously, when you run your own school, you can just make people positional, spar whatever position you want, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I would do that a lot. But I also, when I was just doing live rounds, I decided like, man, I need to get on the back. Every chance I get um, when I'm rolling with people, I have to learn how to finish from this position. I have to get good. And now I feel like it's one of my um, like top three positions that I'm at. If I get on the back, I feel like I can pretty much finish anybody that I go with.
1: That's awesome. I got a question. I know we're, we're, we're kind of taking up a lot of time. Um, but I'm just kind of curious from your experience, did you get a lot of backlash in opening up a school as a purple belt?
0: Um, I didn't. Right. But it, it was the area that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the area that I was in, there were three jujitsu schools within like 50 miles, 40 miles, 50 miles. Like, is it really, um, uh, there's just not a lot of jujitsu in that area. And so I'm sure that there, was, that there were people that were um, negative about it that I didn't really hear about. But I was also, I was also, um, you know I was right at the end of Purple Belt. Uh, I have a, a very good coach that was supportive with it. And so that was, I think, uh, a big part of it, but and that was also op- I was opening it up with my dad too, and so and he was a brown belt at the time, or maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was. I think we were both still purple belts, but he was just about to get his brown belt. And I, I mean, we opened small. You know, we opened, and uh, my dad owns uh, a personal training business, and we kind of we we were moving the personal training business into a bigger space, and that had the space for a jujitsu room, and that was kind of where it started. But I didn't feel like I got a ton of backlash that I knew of. Um, but I also ignore what everyone says anyway. So there could have been backlash, but I just ignored
2: it. You no. know, what, Deb, I honestly I – t- I've talked to people about this before. And to me, the, because, you know, what most people call, you know, the Midwest, the flyover states, all those, there's really not as much – like, we're spoiled. We're in South Florida. Mm-hmm. I can't throw a stone without hitting a jiu-jitsu school. Mm-hmm. Within a within a five mile radius of my school, there's literally like eight or nine schools and I'm mm-hmm. not even that's not even an exaggeration. but when you go to those places like where you're at, there's not a lot of jujitsu, so it's like what are you supposed to do? so it's like I totally understand blue belts even open because I know that's what they did. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh,
1: didn't Kirkpedigo open up as a blue belt? I know I know Maynard opened up his own school just because the fact that he didn't have anybody around him. He's like, right. uh, You
2: know, that Daisy, the Daisy fresh school, I think he was, uh, Mm. I think Padigo was a blue belt when he opened that.
0: Um, Um, he probably was actually, I live not far from there. Um, I live an hour and a half from those guys and, um, I'm pretty sure, I mean, he's had that place forever. Yeah, um, yeah, he has been he has been around forever. But it
2: makes it makes sense because what else are you supposed to do? You can't you can't drive 150 miles a day <laughs> every day to do jujitsu. Now, yes, there are people that will do that and have mm-hmm. the ability to do that. But if you if you're a regular person and have a job and have have a career and or you have a you know a wife and a and a family, you can't do that. So I totally. I can totally understand somebody opening a school at a blue belt, as long as they have, uh, uh, a Washington.
0: I think think that that's super important. I think that, uh, you know, I think, you know, maybe some people just don't have a choice, right. And, um, or they feel that they don't have a choice, but when I look at, like my coach was a purple belt when I started training under him and, um, but he had kind of the guidance of his coach at the time. And so it, I think that can be really huge to it, but it's also in these areas that are smaller And our area has grown so much um, for Jetsu. We just have, uh, we just have really good people around it. And so then, they produce good people, you know? And so then it, you know, it just can, tends to grow and grow. So now, you know, like I said, there were three schools within 50 miles. Now there's probably in the twenties that at least that I know of, and there's probably even more that teach jujitsu. But, um, what happens is like, you have to have people doing that if you want that areas mm-hmm. jujitsu to grow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's,
1: it can only benefit you honestly because there's always going to be people switching schools and things like that people moving so it's that having that bigger name is always being the first one in there's always good that's I, for
0: sure I, I totally agree
1: that's awesome man uh we got to call call it a day on this wait wait, wait i got to ask
2: my question oh, okay. oh, yeah. stop it
1: all right You don't stop
2: we're doing this it's going to be the last question i ask every time all right Top three Netflix shows over the quarantine. Go.
0: Top three Netflix shows. Okay. First one is or, or a,
2: Amazon or whatever. Whatever. Okay,
0: okay. Mean. So whatever. first one is without a doubt, uh, for me, the Chef Show. Are you guys have you guys ever seen the Chef Show? With, with yeah. John Favreau? Yep, with John yeah. Favreau. Um, that is by far my favorite like show that I have found in forever. Okay. I just really, really um, I, I really love the uh, him and Roy Choi just, you know, they, like you can tell, especially in the first couple episodes, that they were like, you know, hey, we, we should get a film crew together and we should start a cooking show. And they were like, well, what should we do on this cooking show? And John Favreau is like, I don't know. Cook. Let's just, yeah, let's just, <laughs> Whatever let's wrong. just, you know I, know, I know Bill Burr. Let's Let's make grilled cheese sandwiches with him, you know, and yeah. so that was – That was something that, and I just love cooking too. And so that was something I've really, really enjoyed watching. And I've actually, you know, I watched the whole thing of that. Um, I have been re-watching through um, the USA show Psych. Have you guys ever seen Psych? It's so
2: funny back in the day.
0: Yeah. And so I've like, I had watched it, you know, through probably even a few times, but I've been re-watching through it because um, it's just, that's just one of my favorites, man. It's a, it is a, uh, it's a classic for me. Yeah. Um, now let's think, is there anything else that I have, this isn't a show, but um, my wife and I always have something that we're watching together. And so it's, it's hard to find that balance. Cause if it's something you like too much, then you're like, you want to watch it on your own. Like you just yeah. want to watch through it and got but... time to wait for you. Exactly. But if it's something that sucks, you don't want to watch it. Cause you're like, this is stupid. Right, and so we decided we were going to go through the, um, uh, the the Marvel movies, and so nice. we have been going through that. I think we're on in order now. In, in
2: chronological in, order.
0: Okay, so you brought you, you hit a nerve. You you guys started oh. me on something by asking that. Okay, so here's the thing about ne- about Marvel in chronological order. We have been just watching in order that they came out. Mm. When people try to make the chronological order argument, they always start with Captain America. And that is wrong because mm-hmm. Captain America is a flashback. Mm-hmm. The entire movie is a yep. flashback. And so people are always like, oh, yeah, Captain. No, Captain Marvel is first. Captain America is a flashback. Yeah, yeah, because that started in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and so, yeah, um, that's what, Arguably- that's, that's my truth. So yeah, what's your it favorite it out of the
1: whole Marvel series?
0: Um, I really enjoyed, uh, was it Thor Ragnarok? I really, like, they went really funny on that, really humorous on that. I really enjoyed that. But, like, um, I was really, I really got into the Marvel movies. I really enjoyed them. And so, uh, like, the when Infinity, uh, or no, when Endgame came out, like, my wife and I, Got tickets. I got tickets before the AMC app crashed and the website crashed. And so I had my tickets, uh, for, um, we have a, like, what is that called a, a Dolby theater? And yeah. so like, those are just so nice. You're in those awesome chairs. Mm-hmm. They, they shake during the, the uh, FX chairs. Exactly. Yeah. They yeah. shake during the, and so we got to watch it in that we got to watch Endgame game in that. And I've probably watched it in the theater So I have one of those AMC, uh, like you pay monthly and you get to watch like three movies a week. So I probably went like four more times in the theater. So I would say like movie that I've watched so much, I really still enjoy. I still get a tear every time, spoiler alert, every time uh, uh, Captain America straps on his shield tighter right when he's about to fight Thanos' whole army and you hear the, hey, Cap, on your left. I still I got chills just even saying it myself. Yeah, favorite yeah. part? No, that's an awesome part. I actually, I, that's one of my favorite parts too. I you
2: him s- picking up the hammer?
1: That what? was pretty that's cool too. It. That, that to cool. me, that to me was like the when he's like when Thor's like I knew it, I fucking knew <laughs> it. <laughs> Did you have you seen the the meme with it's like a cartoon meme with uh, why uh, Magneto can never be in a Marvel universe? No. So it's like, it's a cartoon. So all of a sudden you see like Captain America shows up. It's like, well, take care of you. And he goes, punk, just takes away his shield. <laughs> and then like all these other characters start coming up. he's like, really? Like that. Hulk shows up. He's like, really? You're going to beat up a Holocaust survivor? And it's like, <laughs> Hulk does not feel comfortable in situation. He takes off. <laughs> then Thanos shows up. He's like, really? You put the most strongest power in the entire universe in a metal glove. Think, think, <laughs> takes it. that's fucking hilarious to like, oh, go well there goes the entire plot of every single like comic
0: i'll send that it to awesome. you i'll
1: tag it it's fucking hilarious i gotta All right, tag i'll guys, check huh? it out um josh thank you so much for doing this if anybody wants to follow you hit you up uh the josh mckinney it's at the josh mckinney on instagram the i suck at Jitsu podcast is available everywhere so make sure you guys follow that um Head not HQ, oh, Granite City, Illinois. Yes, Granite City, Illinois. So make sure if you guys are ever in the area, please go check out Josh, obviously, when everything gets back to normal. Um, is there any last words you want to send out to everybody before we sign off?
0: No, man. Wash your hands, I guess. If I can
1: wash your hands. Man. <laughs> get your – all right. Josh, thank you so much for doing this, brother. Um, stay safe. I hope you and the wife are safe and healthy in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully you get the school back up and open. Um, all right.
0: Thank you guys for having me on. No, man.
1: Thank you. And like I said, make sure you guys check out the ice Jiu Jiu Jitsu podcast. Check out Josh some more. Um, anytime you want to come back on, on our podcast, man, you're always welcome to awesome. We'll, thank you we'll guys. Get some more conspiracy theories going on. Of there. course. All right. Take care, brother. All right. You Thanks, too. Josh. That's it, everybody. Thank you so much to Josh McKinney for being a part of the podcast. Like we said, please go ahead and check out his podcast. I suck at Jitsu. Follow Josh on Instagram at, the Josh McKinney and uh, obviously we'll have the links and everything down at the bottom on the description of the podcast. If you're on YouTube, if not on iTunes, it'll be in the description as well. Don't forget to check out all of our sponsors. Shout out to Choke Aloha, Jiu Jitsu Soap Co and Giraffe Choke. Thank you again to everyone that supported the drop of our mixtape, the Jiu Jitsu Radio slash uh, Jiu Jitsu Soap Co uh, collab. We're gonna have a couple of extra bars coming out soon. It's gonna be specifically for the VIPs that support the podcast. So more information is gonna come out to, for that soon. Don't forget to follow the podcast at jiu-jitsu Radio on Instagram. Hit the subscribe button. Follow this guy at Gorilla Boy BJJ, and you can follow me at Sonder Marketing. With that being said, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks again for tuning in. Peace. Ciao.
2: You can't Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff.
1: Kid stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, living the right,
2: Jet flying, of my guns, and i am having a hard time holding these alligators down.